Hey, what's up all you addicts out there? Welcome to episode number 21 of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. If you're tuning in on YouTube, thanks so much for tuning in and watching us sit here in my filthy garage. We appreciate you guys watching and following along. And we're going to talk some winter steelhead prep today, I think. It is time, man. It is time. We're all thinking about it. We're all starting to like kind of poke around on the Sydney rivers. Cam, itch. you've actually caught some winters already, which is say we've brought very in. exciting and promising yeah. on my end yeah. to know that there's some winters caught. It's making me want to get out there and bounce around. I've seen around. some picks. There's some picks rolling around. Have you gotten any yet, Jordan? Some fish. No, I haven't really tried. You haven't tried. Except for the last two days, but yeah, we don't want to talk about that. that I, I was <laughs> hesitant to do it, but you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, not much, but a little bit further upriver, so our fish... Start to trickle in right now about the same time, um, you know, but... They really come in January, right? Yeah, well, it's fun to get to come down lower Columbia and go chase some early, like some typically early fish, you know, and it's well worth the efforts, but, you know, back home, I haven't really been getting too crazy yet, yeah. honestly. Um, well, mainly looking nice. at the desk going, oh, I got to do so much stuff. <laughs> exactly what we're here to talk about, all yeah. the prep, you know. Getting all your leaders and stuff tied up Everything, and all that kind yeah. of jazz. So you've been catching some fish, though, huh, Cam? We have found a few, but, you know, we've put in a lot of days, and we've got a lot of summers. Uh, but I think we've gotten, like, four, like, true mirror platinum. Mm. And we've gotten lucky on, mm. lucky, on a cu- lucky on a couple of them. Like, I will say that. I had one fish a couple days ago that I spooked out with the raft, but it was so fresh and hot that the guy reeling in the bead in the backside of the boat reeled it up, and the fish, like, came, like, up off the bottom and wolfed it. Like, I watched the whole thing. I couldn't believe it because I spooked That's it. That's the best. Gin clear water, too. I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's been nice fishing. I mean, there's not been very many people out. You know, there's there's no pressure. Water conditions have not been ideal. Like this November, we've been at 50% of our average rainfall, and it shows. Like even these last couple of rains we've had, the rivers haven't really come up. But, uh, you know, but they've stayed fishable. Like you've had the opportunity to go fishing yeah. any day you've wanted in November. So that's what I wonder is how much pressure we're going to see. It's hard. I think a lot. All depends on how many pictures you post. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's all. Oh, that, as you know, we're that thing addicted We post does. as we go. <laughs> Every right. day, Cameron pitches a fish. Goes on the old Instagram. Goes on the old freaking <laughs> YouTube's and Instagrams. I always, no, I always joke because I say that's how you know when people are actually catching fish is when there there is no post. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. And you haven't seen anybody posting for a while, then you know it. But then, like the other day, Cameron posts a picture of a nice, beautiful coho, and I'm like. Where is he getting that? And I talked to Marlon. He's like, dude, he's sitting at home on his couch. And I'm like, <laughs> it all makes sense now. You know, <laughs> if I'm going ghost mode, I'm catching fish. Yeah. It's not going ghost mode, but I mean, like, think about. It. I like. I mean, we we, yeah. we own fishing addicts, right? So like, that is. I mean, that's where we share our stories. We do our pictures. But there is something to be said, like. If I post a picture of a chrome bright winter steel and I get my attaboys, hey, good job. And I want to share that. You I mean like sharing like the story? But I could also do that three weeks from now and probably get as much freaking wait till the river blows out. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I mean you haven't seen you're seen and you know what if a guy wants to post great because chances are I know that guy. Well, you I know where he's for fishing. the clients too. They love. I mean you gotta you gotta make them proud. Absolutely. Proud them, no, you know? I mean and you you should be happy. You're catching some fish. It's early. Conditions are tough, but yeah, it's a good sign. There's there's been some fish. Um, there has been some even on that. If you are one of the guys that follows some of the. Uh, hatchery information there is some winter steelhead already back to the hatcheries like it's just time like it's this so is, talk this about is that where can they go to find hatchery information so you can just search you know search your local river and hatchery a lot of times it's updated only like once a week 
But also pay attention, like right now, to like what was stocked a couple of years ago. Yes, that's, that's, I think that's more important. That's super yeah. important so, to look at the smolt plants. Just seeing what's coming back. I mean, that's I think that's more important. Yeah, it's huge because there could be no fish coming back, but they're all just wadded up. Somewhere. Well, just case mm. case in point, you know, like what depends on how you look at that, though, bud. <laughs> yeah, and it's all changed because there's sometimes where there's certain rivers, and I've seen this happen multiple times, where they might only put. They might only put 10% of the fish they put in the river in a different basin next to it, but because that river for some reason didn't just, it, it, the fish just didn't have as much predation. They didn't have, the water conditions were different when they went out, so they survived better. So when they returned, way more fish returned. And that happens a lot. So that's where looking at like what comes back to the hatchery, because if you go see like, whoa, so basically using well, you can get a 10 year yeah, reference. Exactly, I mean, you can look both. back in time years and years to see run timing, yep. run amounts. Yeah. See, now you're talking secrets. Yeah. Uh-oh. I hope you guys out there listening Uh-oh. and watching are paying attention and taking notes and really quick. Hopefully this episode gets out quickly, but we have our winter bashes happening sometime in these months. So if you want to dig more in depth, they're all in December. These, they're all in December, the month of December 2018. So if you want to dig more deep into these winter steelhead things, come to our bashes. You can find all the information on our website. I know we have website. one location, but what are the other ones? Do we know yet? We have two locations. Yeah, we do, but we they're three. secret. I all can't right. tell you. Low-key, guys. Yep. Sorry. Those, <laughs> those locations Sorry. will be announced soon. Yes. Dare Very you. soon. But, but, getting back, but getting back to it real fast, too, like you guys talked about looking at the stocking things, you know, Traditional Southwest Washington, Oregon coast, Columbia River basins, you know, even up north, a lot of a lot of those runs have changed. Like the locations, Immensely. like where they moved fish. I mean, honestly, there's been a lot of places that you know where you there's could so go much to the, figure out. There's a lot of change yeah. in the last ten years. You got to really use those stocking reports as your bible on figuring out where to go for the hatchery fish. Wild fish, yeah, they're kind of everywhere. I mean, they're I mean, really. They're everywhere. They are, they're they everywhere. are everywhere. So, I mean, like, so, you so know, later on the season, bad so for them. when you're making those plots and plans to go out and, you know, maybe your local river might be, unfortunately, one of those ones that got moved or those smolts got moved or whatever. So you got to pay attention to that. Yeah. Big time. I mean, that's all prep right there. Absolutely. It's 100% Major. prep. It's not that's, just that's about rainy, tying leaders. That's rainy and, day prep. Yeah. It's not just about tying leaders and cleaning up your gear. It's about looking at stuff like that. One of the things, too, that I do is I always try to look and plan every year where I want to go. I always try to plan a couple extra places to go explore. That's yeah, one of the things that I've always loved. That's what about. makes it fun. That's exactly. what makes fishing fun. That's what I've always loved stuff. about fishing. One of the reasons I've always been passionate about it is more the adventure of it, getting out and like finding somewhere new and hooking a steelhead on a river you've never been to. Oh, it, dude, it's so just, nice. We did that last year, and I think we were a little bit late, but I think we learned something, and we're going to go back this year. Exactly. Well, there's no question, dude, if you're going to do that and you get the opportunity, let's say it's a little closer to get out and take a look at when those waters are low, get some access points, look at your ramps, maybe look at if there's rapids or runs that you maybe are not. In fact, one of the local little streams that I like to fish, it's really problematic that trees and stuff fall across it because it'll just cork it completely off. So not obviously today we floated it. It was muddy. didn't really work. But a week ago I was driving by it. I drove up it and down it just took a little access points, looked at it, made sure nothing was there. And so when the water levels got right, you can go and hit it too. Yeah. That's huge. And you can look at all the structure and stuff as well. So for new anglers, give some tips to new anglers trying to get out on the river. Cause I know there's one, one tip specific that you always tell people. <laughs> it's, the most annoying. it's the most annoying tip in the world, but man, you will learn more on a drive on Saturday morning at 8am than you will literally 
anything else <laughs> about a river. You will. I mean, I hate to say it because, I mean, we want to promote the fishing, and, but damn, I hate it when I show up to the river and there's 40 vehicles on it, 28 drift boats. But I'll tell you what, you go take a river, you go take a drive on a Saturday during that timing that you think that might that fish, the, blah, 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 the timing that the river might have the fish in it. That's when you'll learn something because I mean, with winter, you'll see where all the guys are pulled off, all the drift boats are launching. You'll see you you can learn a lot. You might might learn that it's on fire because there'll be like 150 cars on there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're everywhere. You'll learn learn water levels, you'll learn put ins, takeouts, you know, and and drive into the upper reaches and 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 notice where people are fishing when the water is doing X. And if that river's bunk, you know, the water conditions aren't right, drive to the neighboring river and. Literally burn some fuel on a Saturday, grab a cup of coffee and, and, and give yourself drive. options. Yeah. hundred I mean, percent. You will learn so much. It's un- unreal. I mean, we're kind of blessed with having a bunch of rivers around us. So realistically you could go check most out. places with salmon or steelhead do yeah. though. You but know, I mean, you could go check out five or six That's rivers. The and the, the difference between one and another is can be night and day. Yeah. Okay. Dif- different drainages. Yeah. hundred percent. So what else are you guys? Oh, oh another for... tip. Oh, I got one. Here we go. I just hear I came out of left field. Oh. Is um, <laughs> <laughs> start lower in estuaries. I hate to call out areas or, or, or certain you know, significant places to fish, but basically, you know, start at lower ends of major estuaries, lower rivers, you know, lower Columbia, coastal things that are gonna get those early pushes of fish that come in early because they can historically they can get to their rivers fastest um and i I think that'll up your game a lot at some point if you're looking for new places to fish and it's early season start in the lower echelon of a river mainly don't go straight to the hatchery low fish low another thing for a new angler out there too if you're just getting into steelhead fishing spend time on the river closest to you and really master and learn that river before you start trying to venture out into other places because You'll just learn so much on your home river, and it's just easier, accessible, hit it before work, after work. I mean, when I first started sealed fishing, dude, that's all I did. I mean, I was calling in sick a lot. I'd skip school. Oh, I mean, yeah, dude. Even I like, was hitting, in, hitting <laughs> the river as much <laughs> as I Because the more time you can spend on a river, the more you're going to learn. Even the basics of, like, reading water, it doesn't matter. Like, you go to your home river, it's 15 minutes away. You're going to learn to read water there. You can take that and apply that to other rivers that are farther away. That way you're not driving 150 miles to go learn the same exact thing in a different river. That's the truth. You know, and I'm going to say this too. Like, it's it's funny because about four years ago, I started floating another river that I hadn't floated in a very, very long time, like last 20 years. Which one was that? It was was a really (laughs) cool, fun river up north. Way, 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 way up north. And I floated it a couple times preseason in every spot that looked good. Like, I'd be like, God, there's got to be fish. And there wasn't. And there wasn't. And there wasn't, but I kept, I worked it a couple, two or three times, just took buddies up, checked it out, worked it. And then one day, you know, this, this river didn't have any hatchery fish. And then guess what? One day the wild started showing up. And so then I floated it like that perfect mid-February day. And dude, there was a fish in every spot that I thought that there would be fish in, like going down the road. I bet we hooked 20 on a, on a year that it wasn't very good. And so having that prior knowledge and that, okay, I've floated this stretch before. I know what's coming up on this bend. I'm going to want to be river right. I think, you know, when I saw the river low, it was bedrocky on the left side. There was the spot that I think the fish would hold. Of course, when I floated it, when there was actually fish in it, the water was a little up, a little off colored, but I knew it was there. And guess what? There was fish in every freaking single spot I thought there would be. It was pretty freaking neat. 
Had I not known that, I would have not known the bedrock ledge was there. You would have not done your homework. You nope. would have you'd have been in trouble. Fished over fished all day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You would have passed them up. You would have left them on the table. So I mean to guys that think that there's no fish in the systems right now, that's the big thing. Is like even if there isn't fish in the system, you're gonna learn something every single time you exactly. go on the water. Just don't spend all day. Dude, out and there. I've surprised myself so many times too. I've been like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go out for a little scouting trip, see what I can hook find and hook a couple fish. Yeah. yeah for sure. So that's how I put some of my earliest water. winter steelhead is doing that. Just going There's out literally not a day trips. that you're on the water that is wasted time. Exactly. Like you're going to learn something. Like time. Lonnie says, time on the water, time on the water. And there's, and he's, and there's no questions right there. You know, a lot right. of people, a lot of people listen to these podcasts and see seminars. Oh, they're, you know, teaching people, blah, you know, you, you hear it. And you know what? At the you're end of the not. day, it doesn't mean anything. If you don't know how to apply it. You have the same it. talk in the bar, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, if you, you don't know, if like, you don't know how to go to the river and apply it and you haven't spent time on the yeah, river, then you can know, you no I good. Know, you can know that a pink can, worm works really good for steelhead if you do it this way, but if you don't get it in front of a steelhead, you don't got nothing. Exactly. So you're going to learn that by going out there and spending that time and shoot. And honestly, dude, even even on my home river, like that winter that I was talking about where he was holding, where I spooked him out there, I've never... I have fished that river. I've guided that river for 15 years. I've never seen a winner. Don't you hate that though? When you pull and I just like, I never caught a fish there. And I exactly 15 years, bro. (laughs) And I just, Oh my gosh, there was a steelhead laying right there. And I mean, he might've been moving, but I actually, I doubt it. The water was was low and gin clear. So he was holding there and she, and it kind of, I'm like, damn right. Next time I go fish that I'll be working that a little bit. Just, Hey, that might be the one day that saves my butt. (laughs) One fish that saves my butt there. Yeah. Crazy. Day saver. But no, I mean, we've been getting a lot of, you know, there's been some early fish, getting a lot of prep work done and stuff. And I know that's what, I know that's what we wanted to freaking talk about here too. And we just did a live feed on that. I mean, it's, it's time to get excited. I mean, there's no question. One thing that's exciting in my mind, I've been talking about kind of all week is looking back in this doom and gloom 2018 and there's rights for doom and gloom. But one thing that I noticed throughout my entire season, you know, clear from April, from last March was that. There wasn't really that large of a shortage of steelhead below Bonneville. You know, summer runs were good on most places. Water conditions were terrible. So, you know, there was very conducive fishing only at certain places. But I saw fish, I saw steelhead all year on multiple, multiple rivers uh, and even super late. You know, there was some summers hanging around and there still is summers hanging around even in this area. Um, and so that's, you know, fingers crossed. I have quite a bit of optimism for this winter steelhead season just for the facts that i'm seeing of the health of the steelhead i mean they're do they did pretty good this year and i'll say the one one that we've caught too have been pretty healthy like they're not these like skinny little they're not these skinny little snakes they've been pretty and honestly like a lot of our fall fish like we didn't get many of them this year you know the columbia only got they're all but they were really fat like they ate they ate well so i don't know if that means anything or not but I'm that's I'm, one of the I'm fun things about, about going out early too, is you always hook a few summers. You always yeah. hook a few summers that are poking around in the river. So when you're out there fishing, you're still catching steelhead, which is bad. A. And they For got sure. their, they got their war paint on and they're yep. really nice too. Yeah. They're super cool looking this time of year. Summers. Yeah. Colors of fall. Yeah. It's badass. For sure. I mean, so other than hitting the river and, you know, checking stuff out, what else are you guys doing as prep? I haven't started, so I can't say anything. I haven't really started either. I know you're getting leads. <laughs> These two so guys I'm, have. I'm ready. I'm born ready. But, dude, there's nothing. Like, you put the kids to bed. I freaking go into my little office. I enjoy that on, time. Turn, yeah, I do too. I really I don't even like have kids, it. and I enjoy that time. <laughs> <laughs> but I sit there, and I'll freaking turn on Family Guy or South Park or something really stupid on the computer, mindless on the computer. You know, watch an episode and just sit there and crank out freaking 25 B. I've gone through so many seasons of shows. 
painting and time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I enjoyed it. Archer, I'm, Rick and Morty. Yeah. I've been into Rick and I Morty. Just painting beads. Just painting yeah. beads. <laughs> I was going to say it. I don't do that. I'm 100% tackle whore, but like I just enjoy like going through my tackle. Touching it all. <laughs> Shuffling I ain't going to lie. I've got one bead leader and one it. of my leader feeders that holds like 28, and I've got one left. I'm just about ready to go home. I'll probably like torch that one just so I can retie that box. <laughs> <laughs> But we're geeks about it, you know. It's the lifestyle, right. whatever. But no, I mean, we're getting a lot of bead leaders ready. I got a lot of, I got a lot of different stuff ready because I really don't know how this season's going to play out. You know, I've got I've got my three foot bead leaders, which I t- which I typically use a lot. My bobber dog and rig, so I almost tie all my bead leaders for three feet. Then I can do a single or I can do a double. I can attach them to each other. Um, I've got four foot yarny drift leaders, and then I've got five foot yarny bobber leaders that i use under like a shot pattern with like beta eggs or a piece of shrimp or something like that basically a a vertical bait leader yeah um and then i think that's it and then i've got i've got a couple of the leader feeder boxes tied with 10s and then some with 12s i haven't tied anything big bead yet i don't think we're to that point yet because right now like i said 50 percent november rain you know it's kind of a low gig but i've probably got 150 ready to go Let me get some that already in the box. What's that? I said, let me get some of those. Yeah, right. You just go out and fish a pink worm in a jig, anyways. You don't need leaders for that stuff. And the virus. Yeah, Josh fishes a lot of bead, actually. Oh, does he? Only when he's with me. (laughs) No, one thing I like we talked about in the. uh, You know how many beads I tied up last (laughs) week? (laughs) (laughs) How many fish did you tie up? Quite a few. One thing I like, really like that we talked about in the live feed was um, basically grocery shopping. You know, prepping at the tackle shop now, or the especially grocery store, if you're yeah, smart. exactly. Um, That's right. Prepping and getting, you know, yeah. while especially like these holiday deals. I know I'm gonna try to make it religious that I start buying stuff on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and stuff for fishing gear, especially because a lot of times Think it's the only ahead. time of the year that we're gonna see any of this stuff in stock. I mean. You, or can you just only do get what so I do many... and you just buy so much of it that you don't need it for like the next five years. You just years. have your own there personal you little store, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Tackle shop. yeah. There's two ways of living, Josh. I will say, I will use the example like we were talking about in our, in our Fishing Addicts live feed there on Wednesdays at 630, but we... Uh, you know the white, the white one eighth ounce jig. Yeah, just yep. the one little bastards that you cannot find anywhere in this freaking state. After about December fifteenth, they're gone. And so I don't understand that. You got to get I all know. the stuff it's, the employees are going to well, rip yeah, off the how shelf many times when fishing have you gets you gone good? to the store and you want like, okay, I really want white one eighth ounce. Oh, dude, and you go and they have every other color. Sportsman's though. Oh, dude. The employees buy half the stuff. Like, I would just be like, <laughs> there you oh, go. we got to ship God. in? All right. That's mine. 100%. <laughs> oh, dude, we used to do that. 100%. So when I worked, when we worked you would sportsmen, hide it. we would hold stuff to the side. Fisherman's is the worst for it. Oh, dude, those still floats, those still floats, we'd come in and just freaking <laughs> offload them into the carts. All those are them. mine. Those are all Every mine. Every single one. Those are going home. <laughs> okay, so to, to prove years, my point, America. all you freaking bastard retail freaking sportsman warehouse workers are stealing all our I gear. turned a guy in at my market. And I don't blame you. You know Beck yeah. told oh, us freaking Oh, yeah, they yeah. are. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you guys ain't stupid. <laughs> he spends more in tackle than he probably makes there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
We all, don't we all? cashing it out. I but don't we all. on a guy at Buy Mart once. So. Well, this Friday at Bob's, there's going to be some insane deals. And at any of Oof. our bashes that we have, there's going to be some insane. And some insane giveaways, too. Deals and giveaways to get winter steelhead stuff. Are we going to be so. giving away one-eighth ounce white jig heads? Because no. <laughs> that peg that I found at Bob's freaking last week, I, there was like If you want one-eighth ounce. It, I cleared them bulletproof all Bulletproof white jig heads. Hit up Brad's. Yeah, that too. I agree. Bradsjigs.com. Those yeah. things are bulletproof. I lost about $200 worth of jig heads. I don't know where they went, so I'm pretty sad right now. Oh, I, I found $200 yeah, worth I of jig heads. Pretty soon, Somebody found them. Pretty Somebody soon, found my pink worm bag, too. Pretty soon there will be some addicted jig heads. Well, yes, that's coming. Yes, there will be, Very and then soon. and then and we'll make sure we'll make damn sure we carry stock in one eight ounce whites everywhere. You're gonna be able to get our jig heads. You'll be able to get our jig heads, whatever. But yeah, no, we got a lot of good stuff coming down the work. That's gonna help cause a problem. But same thing with not just with jig heads, but with worms. Um, what Dude, everything with, runs out. Worms, it's so sand. bad. Yeah, like it's just always those really specific worm colors that you want to. Um, what was some of the other? I mean, we had like two or three that were like. I've seen oh, bobber bobber weight. floats floats yeah. floats in the right floats size yeah. that you want. Good luck finding that three eighths or half ounce float and your number four hooks or twos. Oh yeah, the bead I hooks. Mean, That's right, your bead hooks. Yeah, they're gone so quick. So I don't want to put you guys in on my secret, but I just go and buy like twenty of them. Just get, no, my, whole, yeah. get my whole season taken yeah. care of. Yeah, I do my buoy ten shopping in June. Yeah, yeah you right? just you have to think ahead a little bit. Just think ahead. Yeah. But, That's probably but do that. Thing. That's a huge part of the prep. That is. You can't tie it up and get it ready if you don't have it. Yeah, for sure. That's big, big part. Huge of it. part. Making sure. And if you can't find it at the retailer, don't be afraid to order it from the actual manufacturer. Yep. Give yourself That's time. Something to, that people don't, don't do. go in. And this is the. It's the same thing with like egg cures too. It's like the you know the guys that will go in. You know they'll go in Thursday evening and they're heading out Friday morning and it's just like you're you're gonna put yourself in a bind. It's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. And this th- this advertisement was brought to you by the Tackle Manufacturers of America. <laughs> like, go buy more stuff. <laughs> buy more stuff. Fishing's good. Go buy we more stuff. We need our own tackle. One of my favorite things about from the life we were talking about, though, Lonnie was talking about changing your damn shoelaces on That's your what I was just going to bring up is, like, gear. Like, people just totally don't even think about that. Make sure your waders don't have that Make hole sure you in the leak. Sure waders season. don't leak. Because when it's 20 degrees out and you're standing in the water and you got a leak, it's that's game over for Dude, me. Dude, I always make sure that I have a good waterproof jacket. Oh, that's huge. Waterproof jacket, huge. bibs, or not bibs, but waders. Where's the yeah. wool gloves? I sure. stock up on those little freaking. You do. You have the little kid gloves all the time. The kid gloves, and then I stock Genius. up. I go to Costco, and I buy the little heater pack things, the little hand warmer things. I always have a couple of those. Face mask. Me. Make sure yeah. you have a face mask. mask I will 100%. say the one thing that I, I, that actually my buddy Bruce bought me, he brought me like 20 pairs of these like little cheap. They're like your knit gloves that you talk about, but they're from Harbor Freight, and they're black, and then I put them on, and then I put the vinyl gloves over the top of them. But he like loaded me up with Jordan the other day was just making fun of you about that. Everybody wearing everybody wearing nitrile. (laughs) And Jordan's like I got none. No need. Dude, I don't know what it is. I don't even remember what you said, but I laughed so hard. Dude, no, I've seen this guy. We'd be out like rowing down the freaking Alaskan River. And I'm like, my hands are shot, dude. I don't know what it is. I'm a, I'm a pussy. I'll say it. I don't care. I get, get cold. My hands just turn. They're gone. That's the I'm worst, like though. freezing, like hands in the waders doing this. Jordan's out here like rocking it without the gloves, like rowing the drift, but like, what? What's going on? I'm like, how the hell do you function? Like, dude, I, I get cold. 
because he's a man. Oh, fine, shut up. I, I, I walked into that one. But I'll tell there you, is I a lot cold. to be said about having your actual gear prepped. Yeah, don't yeah, don't wait until you're the guy left behind to figure out you need something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether you the need to keep trying thing that different Lonnie kinds of gloves. Oh yeah, you were the talking laces. about shoelaces, having and extra keeping an extra pair. There's been a time, maybe once or twice, when I've been all the way like 100 miles from home on a coastal river and I blow out a boot lace. It sucks. <laughs> trying to hike a river with boots that are not laced up is horrible. With one that's not or on. Trying to wade like it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. So make sure you keep some extra laces in your pack. That's next level. That is next level. That's a, next level. That's a game. A next game. Level, a game. Speaking of breaking stuff too, like the other big thing, it's time to year to do is get your lines fixed, get your braid. I've had to redo like all my reels from twitching season. Yeah. Just because like I'm not losing that one. Oh yeah, on a braid break. Yeah, on a braid break. So yeah, no. you're, I'm reversing some of the some of the spools that I don't have any backing on. I've reversed the line. I've just literally taken, I've emptied a spool out on another reel, taken that tip, tied it in, reeled it all the way back to the fresh line that's on, on the back the, on, on the front of the other reel. It's real on the reel. Yeah. So make sure you're make sure. What? See, I thought I was the only one who did that. Oh, Everyone yeah. does that. Does I made that. a video about that. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> just, like years ago. So I like not. to be that oh, guy, so the pain in the ass that goes yeah, to the sportsman's. I'm like, hey, you put this line on this reel and then swap it back to this one so that I can get fresh. And they're like, seriously? They're like, five reels. You're not like, buying any line? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not buying anything, sir? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm buying two corkies. Shut up. <laughs> Just switch all my line for me. That's oh, great. A game. No, yeah. but fresh bread. Bob's is more than happy to do that for you. So go oh, up to Bob's are. Sporting Goods in Longview. They're more than happy I'm to swap sure out your line around. Too, I mean. Well, and nothing like, says fishiness other more than some brand new braid. Fresh. It's so fresh. Oh, dude, it's amazing. <laughs> you, just, you don't even have to You don't even have to mend because it's just like. Broop. It just lifts off the water for you and does it. Dude, someone you. needs to create a braid that stays like that for eternity. I think could they could have. I mean, that PCX stuff's good, but the, yeah, the XTCB8 stays. XTC. For, I always call. Why do I call? Why do you call oh, PCX? I, you, you've heard me call it that. Like, hard I don't say that yeah. XTCB8. I was <laughs> never. XTCB8. X to C. Oh I was never impressed, and I'm not gonna lie. And Marlon knows. Like, I think he might have been either him or Travis was the one that got me started on fishing fireline. That. Like until that line came out and I put that on my reel, I was not impressed. That stuff's insane. Yeah, but I mean those those eight carriers, which is you know versus that fireline, coated are, eight carrier yeah. that makes a big difference. Like that stuff just rides on top of the water. Yeah, yeah it's got little, a lot of coating on it too. The first couple times you reel pounds. it in, you know, it, it's I, all this, over your reel. This is crazy. And, yeah, and yeah, that little sound, bit of coating might, helps so much. This might be me, but I think you need to either have like the stiffest of the stiffest line. Like your fire lines, yeah, exactly like because your then they stay off your tips. Or you need to have the limpest of the limpest braid, like the lightest I don't like a reacting braid. So when you do tip wrap, you point at the water, give it a little shake, that's it pops terrible. off. The worst idea I've ever heard. Well, that's what PCBA is. That's stuff. I, I call it again, TC whatever. If that I'm going to help design this stuff, if they just need to make a little bit heavier. So that's the other thing that I saw. You, I would you and Cody Herman and. 
Brandon Glass were yeah. talking about. So I switched 40. all mine out to 40. Yeah, 40. 100%. Scott, yeah. just a little well, bit more the volume on top of the The biggest thing for me, too, is tying a uni knot or any kind of knot with that 30 to like a 20-pound fluoro does not make it, a good the 30 knot. 30 is almost way too thick. It, you cannot get a like a true like a knot you're completely happy with. The, the diameter is way too off. So I'd be bumping up. If you do see that, if you see insufficiencies in it, you know, bump it up a little bump bit. Bump it up. And I mean, I've there's started something to be going said much, about a heavier well, line floating better too, though. Exactly. That's it has more exactly. volume on the water. There's more surface area, so the heavier lines float. Especially in that coated line. I mean, that's, think that's about the 65-pound braid you run for Chinook. You don't run it because you need it, but it floats amazing. I already did. I do need it, dude. <laughs> I do need 65 I pounds. I catch 60-pound springers all day long, bro. Exactly. What's well, Where I'm are you at? To. Jordan's going to when he's in Chile. You see me. Ah, that's right. Lucky dog. You think you're going to get a 60-pounder? No. But I'm hoping You to. just said no. <laughs> but I'm hoping to. Dude, come I don't on, know. do a little BD No, I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh, there's, there's four. Is there 40s? Yeah. It's like, av- it's like, it's like 15 to 40. You know, it'd be like Alaska style. You'd call a fish under 10 pounds of jack. You know what I mean? But I'm sure it's a pretty 15 to 30 pound average, you know. Sorry, guys. We'll we got off on a tangent about Jordan going to I Chile. Know, exciting. We'll fill that. We'll fill you guys in on Jordan's Chile trip on another oh, yeah, podcast. That'll be a whole podcast. Chilean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jordan's Back going Chilean. Chilean. Back to winter steelhead. Back to winter Prep steelhead. Prep on rods, though. You know, rods, and just like with your line, you know, good luck trying to find your leader lines. Like, good luck trying to find your SS 12-pound and 20-pound. Because I will oh, say, like, man. that 20-pound. The 20 became you guys. really popular. Yeah, you guys, it, that stuff's gone in the P-line SS. And I can say that that is the best freaking leader material you have out there, period. It blows so, my mind. Thank you. Have a yeah, nice day. I'm not going to talk about roof. it. Yeah, I love no it. Doubt. I use the 12 with clients. Granted, I'm not. He's just freaking. Period. Not gonna talk about it. Yeah, End of story. No, not gonna. Ar- not gonna argue. Well. I'm not gonna argue which one's I'm not better. Talk about it. I'm not gonna argue. With, I mean, in price, durability, and knot tying capability, and the fact that it just doesn't wear out. No, so, yeah, you can I drag mean, a sea lion down river both ways. Wear, it does not. <laughs> Good get, idea. It does not. Abrade. You sound like that's from experience. <laughs> what dragon sea lions? Dude, out? I said that years ago. That's gonna be my new big sell. We're gonna do cut plug toolies, and we're gonna use like. A thousand pound wire, and we're gonna we're gonna troll for. <laughs> all right, Jordan. Let's <laughs> not. Right. Anyways, but no, that SSP line stuff is dope. But the twelve and twenty pound, like that, it becomes a tough commodity to find as well. So make yes. sure you get. And especially that tactical too. Don't especially if we get in that low and clear you know, time. I don't know if I want to say it like. I I'm, like the tactical twenty. Tactical twenty. The tactical twenty is pretty next Dude, level. The tactical is freaking awesome, but you can't get it around here. It's not sold in very many places. Yeah. That's the problem. And I've ran the tactical and I've ran the 12. I retailers. will say you have to be the tactical is definitely like you see it in the water looks a little better. And, you know, there might be a day that that really helps, <sighs> but it's a little harder to work your knots with like the SS. Oh, stuff yes. is it, definitely it gets a little warm. more. Yeah, I, I, I think it absolutely is. I cool. Think, I'm glad you think that. Why do you think that? Because he doesn't think that. Because I don't think that. Oh. And I actually know for a fact that that is untrue. Well, either way, the SS is what you can find in the store, so get the damn SS. The tactical, <laughs> the tactical is actually more limp, isn't it? Like, I think little the tactical bit is like harder. It's I think much... it's like stronger. You think so? I do, but tactical twelve. Maybe it's right. just ta- the name. Tactical twelve. Yeah. Tactical SS. Tactical isn't even so. close to the same diameter. Is what? That, or not even close to the same what? diameter? No, it's different. The, the tactical is thinner. It's much thinner. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even. You can't even call it twelve pound test. Hmm. I don't know. P-line, hmm. 
if you're listening, we need to get some tactical and some SS in here so we can do no, some comparisons. Well, you well, need like you always use pound. You need like 15 pound tactical to match 12 pound think so? SS. Yeah. I think so. Well, I've either just, way, I've, I've lost fish on 12 pound as or the. But honestly, but like just like what Marlon pounds. does, he just fishes the freaking twenty. Marlon yeah. fishes twenty no matter what. Clear water in that always, plenty of in fish. that case. Over, oh, he did it right in front of us three oh, days yeah. ago. I remember when we fished that little stupid tiny freaking piss creek in Oregon, and it was as gin, 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 gin. And here's Marlon like walking down the street with a freaking twenty pound fluorocarbon, five six inch, inch worm. giant worm, and just freaking stroking him. I'm like. I give up. We never went back there. That place was fun. I know fun. we do need to go back there, bud. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of yeah, that has to do with how you're fishing, too, though. Like, because he's fishing the way he fishes. Like, maybe Jordan with his little beads. <laughs> well, there you was, want a little bit lighter line. There was a day so last year that's that I took why, Josh and, and I Ben down, and we fished oh, our geez. butts off. And there was a, literally a guy on every single corner of the river, and we did what we could. We got into every little slot, and we should have caught fish. We fished hard. I was completely disappointed in myself because we got the water that I wanted to get, and we didn't get them. And other people around us were getting them. We got to the end of the day, and I'm sitting here like going Here's through my head and wondering us, what I wasn't doing. These guys were fishing 20-pound tests all day. Told you. And I was like, <laughs> we, we never switched to lighter. We never went to 8. We never went to 12. We never went to 10. Like... And that, you know, I think sometimes it's a huge difference. Especially when you're fishing beads. Nope. I don't think it matters when you're fishing jigs and you're fishing worms. Because it's such a vertical presentation. They swear up and down that they've caught more fish when they started fishing 20. So I'm with you guys, but I I haven't had the experience. It's hard yet. because I think when you you're look talking at, to guys that you, used to fish ten pound all the time. Here's the thing. But here's the case. Here, here here's the selling point on it. Like Marlon. When was the last time you fished a bead? Never. So he fishes 20 <laughs> with worms. and On a vertical fish, presentation. Jigs which is worms, not yeah. generally the best. Yeah. yeah. But when you're fishing a worm, I think you prey upon like Such the aggressive, aggressive yeah. freaking fish that see that giant. Even in gin clear water, they see that giant thing coming out. And they're like, I am going to freaking kill it. And they go over and kill it. Yeah. And I think it's a different thing than trying to be like subtle and dainty with a bead. Well, the bead. Versus... Here's the worm. Come and get it. Bang. It has to do with surface area, too. I mean, that bead with eight pound, not surface area, but like how, how it's going to react yeah. to the 20 to the pound water. fluorocarbon definitely sinks faster than 12 pound yes. fluorocarbon. So, so like yeah, a bead is going to more free float and do Absolutely its natural it thing. And I will say this, like using like what I like to do with my spawn sacks and shot patterns and beads, like I definitely bumped almost all my stuff down to the 12 pound SS. Yeah. And yeah, I would love to be fishing 20s, That's especially later in February and March. But I will say that the 12-pound SS, when I switched to that a couple of years ago when it first came out, that I've, I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with it. And I it, I mean, even when you, you can tell, like, when you snag up and you, like, start reaping on it, you're like, damn, okay, this is going to break now? This is going to break now? Like, it, it's pretty strong stuff. And it's productive. It is not let me so I think you. I think the 12, you can get the best of both worlds out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably not, like, the finite bead fisherman freaking ace fishing six pound, you know. I seriously, <laughs> last but. year when I started exclusively fishing that stuff, I went from losing, let's say, 10 fish a week to losing like two or three all season, breaking yeah. at like a pegged bead. I'm telling you, I broke. Uh, off and two I fish mean, last like year. literally nothing ever broke I once I started using SS. Like, yeah. 
I love Marlon. Just grab it. That's 20 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, it's just, it's just the technique. So you got to match. You got to match your technique specific. And I think, you know, like I said. Yeah. And I, I plan on fishing more beads this year just because I know I'm missing fish. I just know I am. That is a lie. You ain't fishing no beads. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see bud. Man, I wish, I wish you would. Not wish you would, but I'm just saying, like, it's funny, though, because when you run down the river and you have, like, three guys in the boat, it's like I do with clients, and you have one guy fishing a pres- you know, this presentation, and you have another one fishing this, you'll, you sometimes see, like, God, that bead guy, like, he just went up, like, 4-0 on my worm guy, and my worm guy's in the front of the boat, and he's getting his shot in there first, and he's making his cast, and, like, then you're kind of like, oh, okay, I better switch everyone to bead. Like, you see the doesn't happen all the time and marlin catches a million freaking fish so i'm not gonna freaking hold that against but him does, at all does he catch a lot of window lickers or is he catching like the cleanup fish i don't like I don't those know. fish that i don't necessarily know that that analogy I think there is are, something that's that not be yeah. using. <laughs> <laughs> but i will say there the are fish some, that are just gonna destroy anything there but there's been plenty of times where i fish behind marlin with eggs and i've definitely found fish that he bonked on the nose with a word that just I wouldn't have it. I know a story in specifically where I'm fishing with Lonnie, and I walk up to the hole, and I have a single bead rabbit for a red jig, the jig I always freaking use, which is a pretty subtle presentation. It had no bait on it, no nothing, just jig by itself. First cast through, boom, my bobber drains. I set the hook, get like one head shake, and the fish pops off. And then I ran everything through there. I mean, I'm running all, all the jigs that I had. Lonnie comes right behind me. With a giant, I mean, it was the it was a six inch worm, right behind me through that hole. The, the water was like three hundred. Boom, fish lands it, bonks it, goes back through next cast. Boom, fish all on worms. He ropes four fish out of there in a row, hooks four in a row on worms after we had just raped it with worms. I mean, at, at three hundred, that wasn't a new fish moving in. No, there was fish sitting. Yeah. And they just wanted freaking they wanted worms. Big. They wanted. They a- wanted yeah, I don't know why. They just freaking did. They just wanted worms. And going back to like what I was saying, like having the guys in the boats fishing the different presentations, like you see that one day it's the – and you do see one day that it's just they want worms and they're just going to kill it and then there's nothing else that they – That's the why beads not, The beads not even yeah. on their radar. They don't give a But that's why I was – for that same reason is why I told myself yeah. last year, like I have to fish. Like I need to stop freaking only – Diversify. Yeah, I got to fish yeah. beads because there's just been too many times where I know I'm missing fish. That are not gonna hit a worm. They're just not. They're not gonna hit a jig, or they're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same reason I walk around and have a, a worm rod and a jig rod and a spoon rod. Yeah. I just need to add a bead rod to it and suck up my freaking pride. Y- y- that's just it. <laughs> that's what I found. I love about the the worm fishing is the your ability to change worms, and I think it's something yeah. that we don't do enough, and we definitely have learned no, in the we last learned that year. In Alaska. Yep. Um, but it's the same idea with like beads and stuff like that having just something different and especially when you focus on a hatchery system and you're fishing holes that literally you guys may not know it at times but have hundreds of fish and you're just staring at it like it doesn't like steelhead don't exist there but there's hundreds there sometimes and you know it you can fish right by them by not having the right presentation or right color so changing and like with You're that in throwing mind. a cast with almost everything in the boat that's what exactly. i'm religious with with my clients i'm like sorry somebody needs to get back out of the boat and fish a spinner before we leave so what's funny is one year does, me know? and lonnie were like dude we got to figure out if we're missing oh, fish yeah. so we took our salmon bobber rod and we hooked a gopro up to it with a float 
And basically, we would go through, we'd freaking fish the hole our normal way. We'd fish it, worm, jig, spoon, spinner, run whatever through it. And then afterwards, we'd float a GoPro through it just to see if there was fish in there. And it pissed us off Yeah, how many fish were sitting in some of these holes that just weren't, they just didn't yeah, eat. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about that, though, like, there's there's fish. We think we're big and bad, and we can clean out that hole and stuff like that. But I think if you look at, like, all techniques in, there's a lot of fish out there that don't bite. That aren't biters. That are not biters. And case in point, how many freaking salmon and steelhead make it to these hatcheries that are on heavily pressured rivers, even with the whole gauntlet of people out there fishing, throwing everything they got at them, fish still survive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that that's that's a little that's a little tough. But yeah, yeah. Go- well, I mean, it's no different than throwing the bobber and eggs well, in the coho hole, watching the coho roll after it, and you're just snubbing you. Going to Alaska <laughs> and seeing all those steelhead laying in one hole. And you maybe get a couple biters out of it. It's just like, yeah. Not- it makes me feel a lot better though running multiple presentations through a hole. Yeah. Period. Like you need to have multiple you rods and you need to be running twitching. Spoons. I learned that a long time ago, dude. I used to be the I was the notorious guy that all I did was run around with one freaking float rod, and I fished holes so freaking fast and just just one presentation no until one day you can do it though i still do fish. that i still do that but until one day lonnie came behind me and started fishing spoons behind me and picking up way too many fish like right behind us with floats so you dude you just gotta fish multiple presentations you gotta style. do it yeah and so in the prep idea get each one of those ready Spoons are huge, so that's a huge thing to get ready and prep. Switch your hooks out, add your your swivels. If you guys want, there's a we have a video on YouTube that shows you, you know how we rig our spoons. But yeah, get your spoons pre ready because that is the worst when you're out there and you're like trying to get the freaking split ring on the spoon and Uh, trying to get the whale swivel on there, dude. Do that before I, dude. I can't count how many times I've been pissed off trying to do that on the river. Or, or or what's even worse is when you do have that one spoon and it's working and then you finally like oh. crack it against a rock and you break your hook point off and you have to fix it. Oh. So or you lose annoying. your last good spoon. Make sure you got a few. Make sure you got a few. Get on P That's what website. I try to do when I, I mean like when I organize because I'm like super OCD about my tackle. I make sure that I have a little bit of like everything that I'm going to use. And then I have boxes that are specifically for that technique. Like, I just carry a lot of crap. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you know I you always run out of what's working. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, my just favorite thing to do guns. is just use whatever Josh brings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, well, you, you got the tackle box today, Josh. Yo, you didn't bring your bag down? No, let me get some of that leader. <laughs> <laughs> You got any extra juice? Oh, is that SS? You, you, you I like didn't walk, I like you didn't walk all, that stuff, all that lead into this hole a half a mile? Cool. Bro, let me get a jig head. Let me get a jig head, dude. I'm out. So, oh, gosh, I felt Classic. like when we filmed our last movie up there, man, I was the guy. I left the jig box at home. You, I know you guys remember that. And then, of course, it ter- rained and I turned into a worm bite. And then here I was. No, but I All I know is box. this is the one thing that next time we go to Alaska, we better bring – 5,000 jig heads. Because all exactly. I know is I no. freaking just oh, remember yeah. destroying no. all my jigs and tearing them all apart yeah. and making jig heads out of them. We needed jig heads because, well, because worms I just rolled worms. So I robbed Jerry a bunch. Because, because jerkwad me, I literally like packed everything except for my jig box. And of course, I had 60 freaking one-eighth ounce white jig heads yeah. that were ready to go. No, I pre-ordered a bunch of those yeah. in my freaking brainless ass left out at home. I had like 500 jig heads that I ordered for Alaska and left them 
in. Oh, be prepared, boys. Yeah. Anyway, all right, on that note, if you guys want to learn more about Winter Steel or you want to get dive more deep into it, check out our YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks so Thank much. You. Hit this little subscribe button that's going to pop up here in the left-hand corner. Um, yeah, you hit up hit up our YouTube channel. It's Addicted Fishing. Don't forget to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all those different platforms. Make sure you leave us a review. Leave us a review. It helps a lot in getting these uh, things kind of published out to people that haven't seen them. Jordan or Cameron, are you guys booking any trips this winter? We yeah. sure are, and don't forget about the seminars. Get this yeah. out in December. Make sure to get be on the lookout for these postings that we do for when these seminars are going to be in. It's a great opportunity to have a good time and get some cool stuff. The best way to keep up to date on all that stuff, guys, is make sure you follow us on Facebook. If you do not, it's Addicted Fishing on Facebook. If you want to book trips with Jordan or Cameron, it's 168 Fishing Adventures and Gone Catching Guide Service. So thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see you on the river. Good luck, guys.